Well, Jay, how did you see that one from behind the bench? It was an exciting game. I thought um, our players really dug in and found a way to win the game, and it's the most important thing. One of the most important things the team has to do is focus on what they can control. However, it seemed like there were a lot of calls kind of going against your team tonight. How did you guys kind of fare through that battle? Well, I mean, you guys watched the game. Um, I would say a really good coaching mentor of mine once told me that there's only a few jobs in hockey. One's a player, one's a manager, one's a coach, and one's a ref. And I coach. That's my job. Speaking of your job as coach, uh, what was behind the decision not to challenge the uh, goaltender interference call? Mm, just experience and uh, listening to what our uh, video coach had to say. Uh, he's He's been unbelievable um, throughout his tenure in the National Hockey League, and we trusted it, and we knew we were going to find a way to, to win without that call going our way. We knew you wanted to put a focus on your starts. Um, I think McDavid had five or six shifts in the first like eight minutes of that game. This may be the job he did to light things off for you guys, him specifically, if you can. Well, I... I can't say enough about Connor McDavid. I mean, you know, his play speaks for itself. It's otherworldly. Um, in terms of the start to uh, the game, um, we did some things. His shifts weren't long. Uh, we did some things to help us. And, um, you know, he was a leader in, in us doing what we needed to do in that, that first little bit in the first period. The dry saddle, too, looked like he was gutting through some stuff. Uh in the second yeah, half he's a game. warrior. He's a warrior. I don't worry about him, but he, uh, you know, he ended up making the play on the winning goal, and uh, you know, it was a good win for us. What did you see on that Anderson kind of takedown with him? Is in a scrum, and is there anything kind of serious there? You want me to refer you back to that other answer? <laughs> um, I mean, you guys saw it. I know what I saw, but you guys saw that, and you know, we're moving on. We got the win. Jay, how would you characterize the demeanor of the club after allowing the tying goal early and then as the period kind of progressed? Calm, composed. We knew uh, that we have the horses on the bench to get the job done. Um, you know, for me, I thought um, there was a really good tempo and rhythm of the way we wanted to play. I thought we had the bulk of the chances. You know, we ended up on the kill four times, I think, tonight, but the bulk of their chances occurred there. Um, so for us, we've, we felt we did a lot of really good stuff, and we just stuck with it. We we're persistent, uh, kept hammering away at the rock, and eventually it split. You guys were really, sorry, you guys were really going uh, when that disallowed goal happened. Was there any kind of concern that if you did take a penalty, that you'd kind of kill some of your momentum or anything like that? I know you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just kind of what I, I said earlier is through experience and through uh, the trusty eye of Jeremy Capel, our video coach, we made what we felt was the best decision possible. There was a lot of. I mean, emotion in that game, especially at the end. You guys score the goal, you get the win. That's kind of for your team. You know, Vander Kane, you know, flashing seven to the, the mm -hmm. fans and the crowd. Just what do you see in that moment from your group? Well, he must not have liked the celebration in our building uh, after they had scored. Um, you know, I I think Vander plays with emotion and and uh, he's looking forward to the next game. Speaking of that, it's, it's game seven. This is, you know, the what you wanted, where you wanted it. What do you tell your guys going into that? Is the ball in your court or are you starting from scratch? What's the scenario? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go enjoy this with the, my coaching staff and our players for about the next 10 minutes. 
and then we're gonna and then we're parking it we're parking it and we're gonna um try and travel the best we can recover the best we can and uh prepare the best we can for a big game is there something to be said for navigating that scene because it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a firestorm in the inside that building in terms of just calming the emotions and not uh I think our players have played three games in that building here in this this playoff run. Uh, we know what to expect. We've been a good home team all year, and uh, we're looking forward to bringing that game in game number seven. What did you see from your group of seven defensemen without their armors tonight and the way that they, they handled things? Saw um, a group of players willing to sacrifice for each other. Um, people step up when called upon. I saw a young man uh, get his footing in a game six of the National Hockey League playoffs. I saw Chris Russell um, sacrificing his body uh, at every turn, and uh, I was proud of that group of seven tonight. Thanks. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.